Sometimes just a small walking distance like 100 meter can make a significant benefit on the efficiency on the ride time of yeah. the vehicle. We can optimize the vehicle time, which makes a better experience for the passengers on board. This is Sasha Mayer, Chief Product Officer of Ride Sharing Service called Moya, and you are listening to Simply Clever Podcast 2.0. Enjoy. In this episode of Simply Clever Podcast 2.0, we visit Hamburg. This city with a population of almost 2 million people is facing exactly the same problem as most of the big cities. Lots of cars, not enough space for parking, and of course, emissions. Volkswagen offers its own solution, ride-sharing service called Moya. You can see these golden painted electric minibuses pretty much everywhere on the streets of Hamburg. What you don't see is the clever algorithm behind the app, which calculates the optimal road for you going for example to work and anybody else who might share the same direction you are headed. With only six seats in a spacious car, you have much more comfort than in a public transport, yet it is a bit cheaper and much more sustainable than taking a taxi or your own car. Moya's vision is quite ambitious, to take 1 million cars off the road. In Moya headquarters in the center of Hamburg, we met with Sasha Meyer, chief product officer of the company. Okay, so Sasha Meyer, chief product officer Moya, welcome to Simply Clever Podcast. Thanks a lot for having us. Quick uh, startup pitch at the very beginning. Just <laughs> give me give me a short introduction to Moya, the goals and and whatever. You have like 30 seconds. 30 so. seconds. Okay. <laughs> we want to contribute to the Verkehrswende. What is Verkehrswende? It's a German word, and it means that we have to turn around traffic in the cities, and we want to play a part of that by offering sustainable shared transportation. Yeah, that's that's good. That was under 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I made it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so generally speaking, like uh, we're talking about shared ride pooling. Is it right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Ride pooling. So usually you distinct between ride hailing, which more relates to exclusive rides, taxi mode, uh, and then you have. Uh, ride pooling where you combine different travelers into one vehicle to share the ride. Yeah. In this case, it's not somebody having a big car sharing or ride pulling with yeah. the neighbors, but the service exactly. run we, by Moya. Yes, yes. We, we hire professional drivers. Um, so they are on our staffs. We have special purpose vehicle. We have a full digital platform for passengers to book their trip, to optimize the operations, to steer the fleet. And by that, we offer a full service. So you don't have to drive on your own, but there's a professional driver. You just order the trip. The vehicle comes to a stop nearby. You bought the vehicle and we do all the rest. So we bring you to the target, to the where you want to go. And And uh, if there's a chance and there's a high likelihood that we find someone who can share a proportion of your, your trip, then we just um, drive to that guy or girl and bring it on board and share the trip. How did it start the idea? Because like right now uh, in a lot of cities, we are getting used to shared uh, vehicles, like maybe, let's say personal vehicles or, or shared bikes, you know, generally speaking, like shared services. For me, it was Quite a surprise when I when I heard about the project of basically small buses going around the city. 
The second surprise was that when we arrived here in summer, mm -hmm. Moya was everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So, so how did it all get started? It dates back to 2016. Um, and in the Volkswagen Group, people were thinking about the question, how can Volkswagen Group contribute to the mobility space? So for sure, Volkswagen, Skoda, everyone is known as a car manufacturer, but mobility is more than just cars. And so people started envisioning what else can we do? And whilst there are a lot of mobility services around providing asset like car sharing, free floating, station-based, car rental, subscription, um, also micro mobility like scooters um, or bikes, um, you're always focused like lending an asset, but there's also the service space. And for us, it was pretty clear that we want to get into the service space, provide something different than just the asset, provide a real service to, to people. Uh, and we thought about which service can be offered with the existing infrastructure, and that makes sense. And then there has been this market dynamic in the United States, but this one is, is like focused on ride hailing. And ride hailing has pretty negative effects what we know today from, from research uh, on traffic, on pollution, because um, most of the time it's less efficient um, than an individual car. And so we said, okay, we want to, to like make a version that is sustainable. And then we ended up with right pooling. We did a lot of research, um, tried to find out what makes sense, what doesn't, what is the right vehicle size and all that. Um, and that's why we, we started with Moya. Yeah. And that's why it is electric. Exactly, exactly. For us, it was pretty clear. It needs to be electric. It needs to be full-time employed drivers, full social insurance. Um, so the, the service is sustainable, not only from an economic standpoint, but also from an ecological standpoint. It makes sense for cities and for people to use our service. And, and that's why we said, okay, no way that we, we, we get away with a combustion engine. We need to be electric from the beginning. Yeah. How much, like, impact uh, do you expect because i've read on your website you expect to, to get rid of like one million cars out of the street of hamburg or something like that uh yes that's like like our long-term target although it's, it's hard to measure um for for us it's pretty clear from from the simulation that we see if you, you do it on a long run um like there's research from a guy named felix zwick um who just Uh, published um, a simulation study from Munich and um, he simulated what happens if 10% of modal share would be um, performed with right pooling and then he realized that you would need 5,000 vehicles to replace 100,000 private cars. So that's a lot, a lot of, of metal that you get out of the city. So, you know, if you're 1 million, 5,000 for 100,000, so you can do the math. And this would lead that, um, to the situation that with less than five minutes wait time, 99.8% availability, um, we would create an occupancy of 2.5 passengers per mile traveled. And that's um, that's an amazing result, and it would be great for cities to achieve that level of of sharing mobility instead of individual mobility. And how uh, many Moyas are there right now? Right now we have 500 in Hamburg. Um, we're a bit restricted due to the COVID situation um, as uh, some of our drivers uh, actually left us during the times of lockdown. Uh, so we are ramping up the service again. Right now, in average, uh, we have about um, 120 vehicles deployed in peak times. We bring out up to 200 right now. So there's some lay room for us to grow again into a full size. 
Can you maybe elaborate a little bit why you decided to have a six-seater? You've talked about the, the occupants, like 2.5 per mile. That's, that's yeah. great. So you kind of like counted that you sometimes you need up to the six seats at least. Or is it maybe some technical limits or, you know, for some licensing or whatever? No, it's pretty simple. So if, if the more seats you have, the higher the likelihood is that you are able in peak times to bring more people on board. But there are also conceptual downsides. One is size. Because uh, if you want to get as many people into the vehicle, the vehicle gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And in an urban environment, at a certain point, they are too large. So that's why we decided to stay within the 3.5 ton category um, that's maneuverable in uh, also small streets in Hamburg. Um, and that makes it it's handy to use. And on the other side, there's another downside of, of getting too big in size and too many seats. That's the individual detour that um, passengers have to accept um, for the pooling situation. Um, and um, for, for more than six seats, you need to combine more than three or four trips, which are three or four entry situations. And then is the question what you as a passenger are willing to accept. And, and we said, okay, let's, let's start with the six, which is kind of a speed spot in simulation. Um, and, and let's work from there. And, and actually think we, we did a quite a good job on deciding that sure, some situation, smaller we would be sufficient because there are only two or three riders per vehicle um, but in peak times um, there are also five six seats occupied which which is a great thing for us yeah and for example even when there is a bigger group like friends going to party or whatever most of the time there are like one more seat necessary than the regular taxi, for example. So it's like five to six people, which is like the general. Absolutely. Yeah. We have a lot of families traveling uh, with us, like seven, eight percent of our travelers um, are, are children. And most of the time they bring along their parents. So if they're traveling on a Sunday, you have like two kids, two parents, then it's uh, four seats occupied and then no pooling would happen. Um, and with six seats, we're able to, to board additional um, passengers, um, which, which would make sense, yeah. From the user's point of view, Moya works same as any mobility app you might know. You confirm where you are standing and find your destination in our case it's Wolfgang Weg confirm destination where two adults show offers the closest pickup might be in 10 minutes let's order pay processing our trip request checking the fleet status and traffic optimizing road for pooling and it should give us the pickup place in few seconds. Full disclosure, usually you need to walk a bit to get to the pickup point so Moya doesn't have to go too far from its optimal route. Yes, so there's, uh, I would say, two little drawbacks for the customer. Uh, and the one is that we pick up customers at, we call it virtual stops. So it's not like a bus stop with a sign, but it's a virtual stop that we show to the customer in the application and we guide him there. Why do we do that? Um, sometimes just um, a small walking distance, like 100 meter changing from one to the other side can make a significant benefit on the efficiency on the ride time of yeah. the vehicle. Because often you have to like do different circles to exactly so come to the side. Much more straight. Yes, that, yeah. exactly. And we can optimize the, the vehicle time, which 
which makes a better experience for the passengers on board, but for also for the driver. Um, and and uh, this definitely allows us to, to offer at fair prices. Again, it's also a regulatory topic because um, um, only taxis are allowed to park in second row. So we have to check the whole city for all possible locations where our vehicles are legally allowed to stop. So we have 15,000 stops in the city of Hamburg, which were hand-selected, a long catalog of requirements <laughs> checked, so not too close to a cross uh, crossing of the street yeah. and all that. And, and so we have to really pick them, get them acknowledged, and, and that's the mode that we are allowed to operate in in yeah. Hamburg. As I've mentioned before, The price is higher than, for example, in case of public transport tickets, yet the service is cheaper than taxi ride. And when you confirm order at Moya, the price is fixed and transparent. We don't want to have this, this situation where you say, okay, oh, uh, I hope that someone is joining so it gets cheaper um, because we want to offer fair prices straight away. So we give you the price before you bought the trip and then it's fixed and the risk is with us. So the what you have to bring in as a passenger is some flexibility in your arrival time. Yeah. But we show you fully transparently the earliest arrival time, which is would be a direct ride without any pooling, without any traffic. And then um, the maximum time that we would allow for us to bring in additional passengers so like um, direct ride time would be arrival at 9.30 and we say okay for this trip we allowed you to arrive until 9.42 as an example and then we make absolutely sure that uh, we will not arrive any later than that. You have some let's say space for some little yes. detours but there's a limit to that which you cannot cross exactly there's some slack time and we use that slack time for pooling but it's also our risk if there's traffic and we violate uh, let's say the time then we, we we bring passengers directly without any additional pooling to their final destination and like from the feedback uh, let's say from from the customers it is okay for them not to have the specific time like i'm going to be there like two o'clock sharp they are okay with getting there maybe a few minutes later, but the price is, let's say, I don't know, like good enough to take some reserve time or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Time window. Yes, a simple answer is yes, but it takes some time for passengers to understand. So for sure, when we started, people expected to have like a taxi-like service with direct ride times and then uh, detours being very limited, maybe just like pickups on the direct route. So people have to get used to um, to the pooling um, service that we have. And, and also we had to optimize. We had to learn what people are willing to accept and what people are not willing to accept in terms of detour. Um, and one thing that we learned and that we adjusted is that we are offering a service class, a different service class compared to where from where we started, um, that offers um, more direct rides. There is still pooling happening. The, happening. the ride can also be shared, but it's more direct. So the, the time window, the time that we allow to, to pool is just shorter. Um, and obviously, it has a higher price. You know, a customer has the choice to say, okay, I want to go a bit cheaper with a bit more detour or I want to use the express service class, more direct rides still shared, but for a higher price point. And we see we have both customers. 
Um, even though we are offering the more direct ride, customers, most the majority of customers, 80-90% still choose the classic service class. Um, so I think that shows that that people are willing to accept those small detours um, in favor of, of lower prices. Um, but also, um, I think because they understand that that it's better for, for everyone if they share the ride uh, with such a vehicle instead of going alone. Hello. Hello. Hi. Uh, yeah, I'm Roger. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe you have heard of the traveling salesman problem, which is exactly what, what we are solving. Um, so we, we take all the requests of, of customer that we have at a certain point in time. We look on the full fleet state and then we try to find optimal solutions between, on the one hand, traveling time for, for customers who want to travel or are already on board of the vehicle, which is a constraint um, for us in the optimization. We don't want to violate commitments that we already made for sure. Um, and uh, on the other hand, you have to to consider the vehicle route, um, traffic situation, so a lot of com complexity in this optimization to find good combinations of passengers. Um, so, and that's that's quite complex because we we do this not once an hour or every two hours or something like that, like in a logistics scenario, um, but we do that constantly. So more or less every five ten seconds we run optimization cycle and. Uh, even though once we assigned a passenger to a specific vehicle, that might change because a vehicle could end up in a traffic jam um, or uh, there's another glitch in the operation. Uh, and then we have to reconsider our decisions and optimize the whole vehicle state over and over and over to, to get to the best um, results possible. So a lot of computation, a lot of operational research going on here. Um, that's what's going on behind the scenes with our algorithms. What is the typical customer here? I would expect uh, it would be a lot of like uh, people going in the morning to the job, uh, in the afternoon uh, back home. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right what you're saying because most people say, okay, what, what's your perfect customer? Is it like this age group from two? Uh, and and that's absolutely not the case. We we see um, customers from from any age. Um, so it's really the use case that you have. Um, and the majority of use case that we are serving is commute for uh, coming to work in the morning and getting back in the afternoon, um, especially for those locations who are not um, well connected to public transport, to mass transit. Um, there we see a lot of movements uh, to, to, let's say, remote um, destinations uh, for workplaces. Um, second thing is business trips. Um, so yes, we suffered a little bit on that due to the COVID situation. Business trips went down, um, but still we'll see a lot of consultants, lawyers, even workers, um, blue collar workers who, who move in the city between different locations. They use our service because they don't have to, to deal with the hassle of finding a parking spot somewhere in the city. And the third thing is uh, actually leisure which is pretty obvious. So nightlife, um, partying, going to a fitness studio, visiting friends, visiting family. Uh, and for sure, this is a strong entry case. So for us, it's, it's almost the most important one because that's where people 
first try our service. So first contact point usually is leisure. They say, okay, Friday night, I want to go out. Um, I'm checking the service. Uh, maybe it's better, but I'm not quite sure. And there we have to excel. And, and then they start using it after a while also for the commute, for shopping, for errands. So once we, we get that managed, then um, I think there are a lot of use cases they use Moya for. So every Friday and uh, every weekend, there's a lot of rides to Reprobahn and, and so on. Yes, there are a lot of rides, <laughs> not only to Reeperbahn, <laughs> luckily, but for sure, uh, partying uh, is also something that people use our, our service for. Yeah. When I'm thinking about it, and of course, as a lot of these these services, you're not trying to steal people from, from uh, public uh, transport, nor the taxis, but it is somewhere in the middle, like more flexible than the public transport when you need to go for a business meeting. You maybe uh, don't want to walk I don't know, a few hundred meters because the closest bus stop or subway stop is a little bit further. On the other hand, it's cheaper and you need to be a little bit more flexible than with the regular taxi service. Yeah, we consider four values very important for, for the riders that we have. It's comfort, it's reliability, privacy and safety. And if you think about those values, you will realize those are the ones that are most important for car users because that's the promise that you get with a car. It's comfort, safety, privacy, reliability. It's in front of your door. You can use it when you want. Uh, and so we try to resemble those values into our service. That's why our primary, let's say, target group is actually car users because we want to get people out of their private cars and share. That's what we want to do. For sure, that's how it is. Multimodal users who are used um, to use public transport, they also use our service, which is a great thing because there are benefits back and forth. So in some situation, you use public transport, let's say, um, to go to, to a theater and then it's late at night. Uh, you don't want um, to, to use public transport due to the outer circumstances or uh, even the cadence of trains uh, is not very beneficial because it would need a lot of time. And then you use Moya. And then there are also um, situations where public transport has no good connection where you would have to accept long detours through the city to get somewhere to, um, to a destination by train. And there people um, also start, start Moya. And I think that's, that's beneficial for, for everyone. Yeah, we've mentioned your app. Of course, you have your own application, but uh, do you work with some multimodal app uh, too, like that the Moya is part of the bigger picture here in, here in Hamburg? Yeah, absolutely, because um, as, as you already like understood, we... We will live in this, this ecosystem of mobility service. It's not the one service who's going to rule them all. Like we all have to use this or that. And that's the one solution. We believe in the, the variety because. People have different needs. Me going to the airport Monday mornings has different needs than Friday nights or going to work each and every day. Um, and so you have to, 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 to create this, this huge ecosystem of different options and. As that is our core understanding, we started in the beginning to offer an API to others so they could integrate us. And there are some services who only use us to um, to query travel times and prices. And a good example is from the uh, local public transport authority, which is Hamburger Hochbahn and the Hamburger Verkehrsverbund. And they have a multimodal application where you can book tickets for public transport, car sharing, but also a Moya. And in that situation, we 
um, don't even want the customer to become our customer. He stays uh, with half of house. So it's their customer relationship, their payment connection. And we are just offering the service behind the scenes. We don't know who the customer really is. And we think that's, that's how it should be. The customer should decide who is my primary touch point has access to a um, lot of different services dependent on the needs and then have the freedom of choice. Yeah, because that's that's when the, the customer gets the most of the, the, let's say, the general services in the city. As you talked about the remote uh, places, he might go there by, I don't know, subway, bus, tram, whatever, but then he needs to get a little bit further and there might be somebody traveling by Moya and, and giving him a lift, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe just quickly about the car itself, because mm -hmm. of course it's pretty much visible here in, in, in Hamburg. <laughs> it it's uh, it, quite big. It was for me that was a, a little bit of a surprise that it's quite a huge car. And of course, with the gold, uh, you know, color, it's it's pretty much uh, uh, everywhere, and you can see it from the quite a big uh, uh, big distance. But why did you go with uh, basically forward developing? Specific car for for the service, or not using some regular car. I don't know, probably transporter or whatever uh, was uh, already on the market. Yeah, let me get back to comfort and privacy. <laughs> <laughs> so there there have been pooling services before. So we are not a world first, but we said, what are the the downsides that keep people away from pooling? And we had colleagues flying over to the United States and testing pooling services over there. And they were offered with just regular passenger cars. Um, and then you get in touch with people and body parts of people that you don't want to be in touch with. So more space we yeah. wanted more space we wanted to reduce the downsides the physical downsides um, of of pooling by offering more space offering single seating we want to have a dedicated luggage space that people could see not back in the trunk where you don't know if someone leaves the car or is, uh, is yeah, also my luggage leaving control. with that yeah. passenger you want to be in control to see it but on the same um, uh, the same situation we wanted to offer privacy and that's why we said those seats need to be like in a in a business class in an uh, in an airplane where you don't have direct line of sight because we integrated um, a, a larger headrest than usual so it um, prohibits that you can spot your fellow passengers um, so a lot of, of ideas and conceptualization co-creation with customers went into that vehicle to say okay how can we reduce those downsides and create the privacy and the comfort that we want to achieve so you basically needed something personalized enough not to make any Let's say compromises. Exactly. So if you really want to convince people from something new to share, then you you need to reduce those barriers that keep people away. So that that's also why we don't offer tr um, a transfer connection. It's always a direct ride with us because people hate those transfers. That's that's <laughs> everyone in, in transportation research knows that. Um, so we offer them direct rides because that's what they get with the car and comfort, privacy, quiet rides. That's what people want um, in in the city situations that, that we are targeting. I was actually surprised about that because like VW has even the big vans like the Crafter and so on. So I was kind of like expecting, you know, re retrofitting <laughs> the, <laughs> the current cars to, to the situation. But yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's not a retrofit due to the battery electric yeah, um, yeah, yeah. vehicle because we needed larger batteries to get through a whole shift. 
uh, whole driving cycle. We need better um, ventilation for the vehicle because with six passengers, it's a different thing than uh, um, uh, transporting packages. Uh, and that's why uh, we had to, let's say, build upon the, e uh, the crafter platform um, but we were not able to use the e-crafter because the battery was too small and was, was mainly for parcel services. So that's why we had to redesign and, and re-engineer and, and also um, get to this, this great vehicle that we have today. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk uh, a bit about future because this year you've, you've uh, announced uh, a big uh, project, big cooperation with uh, Argo AI and, and VW and, and of course Moya uh, there of autonomous vehicles basically small buses uh, on vv id bus platform let's say or uh, based on this model how is it gonna gonna look like it's it's gonna be completely without drivers uh, you're aiming at 2025 if i'm not mistaken exactly so we we aim for 2025 to pull out the driver um But we start today with safety drivers on board because the vehicle, the self-driving system, which comes from Argo AI, actually is still an American driver. He needs to be trained for the European environment. Hamburg is different than Miami, uh, obviously. So that needs to be adjusted. Um, and also there's a strong interlinkage between the vehicle the SDS systems or the self-driving system and the fleet system. We are the fleet operator in that situation, offering also the mobility services. And this whole chain needs to be integrated. Um, so the driver needs to know the vehicle. We need to know the driver. We need to know about the vehicle. How does it all work together? And what does the customer want in that um, situation? Um, so today we have the driver who not only covers the driving, but also a lot of secondary driver tasks like like being a host to customer, dealing with unexpected situation, incidents, customers feeling sick, customer wants to board the vehicle with a mattress. So how do you deal with all those situations <laughs> once you don't have a driver on board anymore? Um, so a ride is safe, it can be shared and, and still is a fun experience. And um, that's why we spend a lot of development and research in the next two years in this R&D phase from 2022 to 2025 to really bring all the bits and pieces together um, that we can start with early commercialization services in 2025. We don't think that we will be able to replace from one day to the other the full fleet. Technology will not allow that Um Certain situations like heavy rain, special needs for, for people traveling with us. Um, we will not be on that level where we can fully replace. There will be restrictions. There will be constraints that we have to deal with. But we expect that first services that customers are willing to pay for will start in 2025 in Hamburg in our Moya network. But there's already be some small testing fleet as i understood yes yes we will start with testing in 2023 but there's still a safety driver on board uh, and then we will work towards the sort of driver will get better the virtual driver will get better our integration will get better we will understand the customer reactions to such a service uh, and then we will develop um, until 2025 that we can pull the driver um, out of the vehicle so no safety driver on board so we um, be full autonomous <laughs> yeah And uh, that's the the future. That it's going to be everything is going to be autonomous. Like that, we don't need the driver there. It's going to be a complete autonomous fleet. Like, I think we will see mixed fleets for quite some time. Um, 
because you know there there will be customers who don't want to trust a machine in the beginning that's for sure um, and there are also customers who need support and how do you deal with that people with disabilities yeah. we help today to to enter the vehicle they will still be there i, I think there will also be um, situations where due to um, let's say huge traffic uh, jams or uh, complex driving scenarios autonomous vehicle for a long time will not be able to operate in in such environments that's why we believe in mixed fleet for for quite a long time but we we also believe in the autonomous vehicle part to add vehicles specifically when we need them, like in high demand situations. Uh, in the morning peaks, they are rather short. They are from seven to nine o'clock and a driver doesn't want to drive only for two hours. He wants to drive a shift of eight hours. Yeah, because um, of the money. Be, yeah, yeah and, and because of he needs to go to the hub, board the vehicle. So all the time that you need to get started, get out in the field, get back to the hub. So those are restrictions from human drivers that you don't have anymore. Once you have autonomous vehicle, you can almost instantly deploy them and pull them out of the field and that uh, will in increase the efficiency in our service and, and also make it more available um, to, to customers. One question, I'm not sure if you're the right person to, to answer it, but uh, why it's going to be using the ID bus car? Is it just to promote, promote the car from, from the VW point of view? Or maybe in the future, will there be a mix between maybe ID buses and maybe the technology, uh, the autonomous technology coming to the current version of Moya, the Pluto? Yeah, Um So, so first of all, the, the ID bus is an iconic car. So it already is today. I, I have seen it and it will just create a lot of bus. Um, and it's on the right architecture cause for autonomous vehicles, you need, um, certain technical prerequisites that this architecture with some adjustments is able to deliver. That's, um, that's a good thing. Um, and then it has, um, for pooling, maybe not the perfect uh, form factor, but for the early stages, um, when we still have to deal with all the glitches um, and, and constraints and, and special situations, um, services will not be perfect. And then if you combine too many people into one vehicle, like with a Pluto, everything needs to be optimized because um, you only have like 30 seconds for customers to board. Um, otherwise, um, people will, will not accept um, um, the downsides. Um, And we will not be able to achieve that high level of, of driving quality in the beginning. And that's why the ID bus, um, uh, even though it's a bit smaller, uh, I think is a good vehicle. Also, it's easier to navigate um, in, in small streets. Okay, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing that uh, on the street, actually. Yes. <laughs> I know it's going to be a lot of work, yeah. <laughs> a little bit here and there, <laughs> just some finishing touches. <laughs> okay. Uh, Sasha, thank you very much for your time. Uh, good luck with the, with this uh, autonomous project. I'm really, for me, that's that's a future. I'm really looking forward to it and at least to try it uh, maybe in the, in the early stage of, of development. So, like, good luck with that. Good luck uh, with the regular Moya. And mm -hmm. again, thank you for uh, being here for, for your time in uh, Simple podcast thanks a lot so that was sasha meyer from moya i'm really looking forward to seeing the autonomous id bus in real life and we are definitely going to talk about it in some future simply clever podcast episode for now thanks for listening 
the next episode of Simply Clever Podcast 2.0 will be available in your podcast app in January. Next week, there's going to be one more Czech version of the podcast. Until then, take care, enjoy the Christmas time, Happy New Year, and see you in 2022.